0: Welcome back. No one who anyone anyone's welcome. <laughs> this is episode two of Casually Messy with your host Brad. That's all you need to know <laughs> uh, today. I thought I'd come at you with a, a good subject and a little bit more of a, a preparation behind myself. I think it'll serve us both better if I come into this Slightly prepared. Uh, let's not let's not kid. I mean, I have ADD. You should expect that the train's gonna be off the tracks most of the time. But I got these little nuggets of facts that might help me put those uh, wheels back on the grooves. Today, uh, I'm going to talk about friendship relationships and understanding the truth behind them. You know. Sometimes when something negative happens, whether it's a loved one dying, losing someone you put so much time into, whether it's a relationship, someone you're fucking, someone that you gave everything to and didn't ask for anything back, maybe that was a big problem. Um, But, you know, I'll get to that. Relationships, i.e. exes, at least for me, that's like just below the first subject that I want to talk about, about role models and people that we look up to, or that I look up to. I feel like today people are less outwardly spoken about people that they look up to, you know, role models, as they would say. People used to always have certain athletes, actors, authors, poets, and while I think that's great, maybe the direction's wrong, I guess. Of course, it makes sense if, if they're a role model and you're heading down that avenue. I love Stan Lee. I love comic bo- You know, that makes sense. Like, I get that. But uh, I think having role models and the friends that you have in your life and looking up to the people that you get to see on a daily basis, I think it makes it so much more attainable or easily touched you need to tend to the part of the garden that you can touch. So why, I guess, for me, I don't I don't have role models that are of a different time and place or of a different perspective. I, I have ones in my lives. I have, sorry, role models in my lives that are friends first and they became people I looked up to. I only got two right now. Uh, okay, also two. I guess I did before I started having this like thought of the last maybe 10 years of, of really looking up to and having friends as role models. Uh, the only other person I, I did have a role model, and to a certain extent still is, uh, just because political views are a little kind of chatched, a little messed up, but uh, Anthony Green was and is still one of my favorite singers, performers, and just all-around good dudes. You know, I remember him talking about His pain that he went through when him and his wife, Meredith, were trying to have a baby and the difficulties that arise from miscarriages and just living a life of differences. And it was cool seeing him on Kat Von D's uh, episode of, you know, doing tattoos where uh, he talked about this story. Um, Now, eventually he did have his son, James, but that was after a bunch of setbacks, one, two, three, you know, but he didn't give up. And I just really admired that his whole world was his son, just like your whole world is your kids. But it was nice, I guess, just seeing somebody so strong with what they hold true to themselves. And the even cooler part is when he did have a son, James, so much of him was in him that when it came time to go touring for his solo album, He didn't want to be away from his wife and James. So he did the coolest thing where, of course, he could do both, still provide. But also, he brought them with him. So what cooler than going on tour, but also having your friends, also also having your family around. I mean, usually after a gig, and this is me assuming, this is just a bunch of smelly dudes and a bunch of well insecurities and uh, just... Toughness. So I guess usually when you're done, you miss your family. You miss the ones that helped cultivate the fire. So he had that. And, uh, yeah, I think it was really admired. The tour was called Young Legs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, he's doing great now. Still doing the good music. Still killing it. But uh, I started taking my way away myself away from someone like that. You know, I mean, maybe I did see myself as being someone who would like to sing. I mean, his voice is a little too high of a registry for me. But yeah, I do still apply a lot of his songs to my life in one way or another. So I'm thankful for that. But now my role models are people that I can see if I want to, I can message directly, I can speak with truth, speak with honesty, and expect the same in return. Uh so the first one I'm going to speak of is Alister, Alistar. I mean, I always call him Alistar cuz it just seemed way too way cooler. And you know, in the last 10 years I've only really had two friends named Alistair or Alistar. We had Alistair from PWD and then Alistar who is a friend that I had met through meeting Luke Joe all those guys. Uh, what was funny is that, you know, before I met Alistair, I only knew of Alistair. And I remember being at Joe's apartment there on Leroy with Luke and everybody. And Joe saying that I'd probably really like this guy because he'll do anything. He'll do anything stupid. Anything for money. He'll do anything. Kind of reminded me of my buddy Phil from high school. You know, you give him a 50 cents and he'll fucking tear down the world for you. You need friends like that. But with Alistair, yeah, he used to do a lot of, well, I would say cool things, but pr- pretty stupid. I mean, I I remember us buying fireworks when we lived on Union Street. He didn't live with us, but he, was, uh, he had a guest appearance, and he was there for a little while at our place at the Brotel on Union Street. And I remember us buying firecrackers from a local convenience store or fireworks. And going down to Lake Ontario and setting them off. And the majority were all faulty. Fucking just messing up. So, of course, Alistair has the great idea. We all have this great idea of, let's put a Roman candle in his butt. And we'll light it. Well, thank God that of all the fucking fireworks that we had, that was the one that didn't misfire. Or else we would have probably had a very interesting... Life would have changed quite a lot after that, you know, with your friend's ass blowing up, or I don't know what would happen, actually, but, uh <laughs> it'll get better than this, I mean, I don't look up to him because he puts things in his butt and lights them on fire, but we'll, we'll get to that, <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, I used to hear about the difficult life that he had had, uh, and ha- was having at that time, um, when I only really knew him, from the occasions that we would meet up, you know, and I assume people, well, who knows, it's a podcast, I'll talk about whatever I want, come at me if you have an issue, I mean, but in terms of friends, I'm going to talk about stuff, exes, I'm sorry, I'm going to talk about fucking, and I'm going to talk about love, I'm going to talk about what I did wrong, and I'm probably going to say sorry, but I just say this as a heads up, because, you know, we're going to be talking about you know sometimes difficult things, and when it comes to Alistair, uh drugs were uh you know a big part of his life uh in terms of what controlled his narrative uh and I'm not talking about weed, you know that's a different subject and a different drug. but what I'm referring to when I didn't know him was tough drugs. drugs that you lose friends over, drugs that you don't get your friend back from, and if you do. It's a, sh- it's a shell of what was there. And what's great about Alistair and what I you know, and I've said this to him while I've written it to him and I believe I've said it to him in person, but he, he you know, he should know this, that I really look up to him because even the worst scenario that I can be in wouldn't be close to what he went through. And to see someone like him today just so happy still going through difficulties but not letting it take away from who he is still smiling still doing music still giving energy to people who need it still has a heart while we all do i mean he's not he's still here but he just overcome difficulty in his life true difficulty so I, I see myself in certain situations, and I think that Alistair, he'd make it through this. He'd make it through. And I think those little things like that kind of help push me through like this, you know, losing my job, not getting to say goodbye. I mean, there's many things. I feel pretty dark. <laughs> I feel pretty bad right now, but it's Alistair and what he's been through. Pain removed. It's. What he overcame is what I know to be not an issue right now. And that no matter how shitty something is, I'll be able to get over it. Sorry if I'm all, if I'm all over the place. It's just, it'll be like that. Now, you know, Alistair beat cancer. I mean, do you ever truly beat? I mean, you do, but know, maybe you guys can answer that. But he's conquered it and still smiling, still doing music, still being himself, and not letting it take away. The next role model that I'm going to pick will be, and well, the only other role model, will be my buddy Hussein. I'm not sure if he'll he'll listen to this because, well, who knows? I mean, I guess I should tell him, then he will. But... there's a little, not not a language barrier. He's great with English, but I talk a little too quick. So luckily for something like this, he could probably slow slow it down, but he probably doesn't need to. Honestly, I'm thinking into it too much. Now, uh, how things happen with me and Hussein is I, you know, I worked at a coffee shop there. And at the time, Rich was my boss, and Hussein was a refugee from Syria that had came in, Kingston to live. And uh, he ended up working there a week or two with um, someone who could speak Arabic and then an English speaking person just to kind of get familiar with the situation. But after those two weeks, it was me and Hussein for, I don't know, a better part of a year. Like it it, it seemed to be like forever. Uh, and uh, did I ever learn quite a few things from this guy. Um, his English has came so far. I remember working together and, and, and coming into problems just random things uh, that, that tough to get through but now seeing him as somebody who's won awards for his improvement in terms of his English uh, account but be be proud of him Ana fahor, Hussein, you know. Um, and when we would work together, we would talk about all sorts of things, love, language, what the meaning of the pursuit that we're on is, I guess. And the big thing that I I take from this was that he came here and he had to leave his wife or his fiance behind. He had to leave his memories his home behind and came here and He didn't let that take away from how Happy he was to be here. He didn't let that take away from his plan to want a future for him and his girlfriend and now wife and We used to talk about these things like him meeting up with Aya him getting married and him having a baby as just dreams you know, things that you say to your friends, ah, I wish I could do that, or, you know, things that to some of us we, we perceive as being unobtainable. Of course, your dreams are obtainable if you are determined enough and if you put the time into it, realistically speaking, but it was just so nice to see someone's dreams laid out so beautifully and so true. I uh, eventually came after a year or two of them being apart and now happy to say that they're married and there's a baby on the way and there's so much good on the way and there's so much good that's already here and I look up to the fact that he hasn't gave up He works for his dreams and he's a living proof of determination and love that no matter what happens, you lose, you lose the city you've lived in, you lose certain friends by proxy of not being there, but you still do what's right and you still live the dream that you want to live. (laughs) All he wants when I speak to him now is just for him to be okay. Just for his baby to be fine, to be happy, and just... Well, of course he's loved, but just to be okay. It's weeks... It's not too far away from when uh, Mahmoud would be here. It should be very soon. But just seeing videos of what Hussein wants to do, and just seeing his thoughts towards having a kid, it just it, it, it reminds me of how, what I want to do and how I feel towards hopefully having a family. Um, I do need to take a pee break here. I probably didn't need to say that, but uh, hey, just give me one second. All right. Sorry. That right, will make things... So much less of a of a quest now that I've returned my item to the toilet so Hussein you know what more can I say great guy, big heart loves his family, and you know when I would talk to him about things going on with me and and how being with your family regardless of the pain it's it's the right thing to do and you know, without them around, all you have are your memories of them. And Hussein, he he he's always there with them. He's always helping. He's always ready to serve his family's needs, as most sons should. You know, and I I, I look forward to hopefully being an, an influence in Mahmoud's life, uh, in Hussein's baby's life. I can't wait to hold him. I can't wait to uh just be happy with Hussein finally having his little baby here um it's gonna be a good time for sure all right well, relationships this will be woohoo this will be the exciting one, hopefully well, we'll see so we got I put four x's on here dun 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 dun. I could have put more and I will at some point. Uh not to say that I have like a with all these exes, but I'm I'm talking about meaningful moments in relationships. And these are relationships that while did, they did end, I've always kept something. It's like uh if you can imagine each relationship, well, <laughs> they're not Voldemort, I'm not going to call them Voldemort, but you can imagine that uh, with the whole horcrux thing, I guess when a relationship ends, there's sometimes there's little Horcruxes in your life, things that remind you that are always will be there. So yes, if these relationships have fizzled and changed and evolved, there's certain things that I'll always keep with me and they'll always remind me of said person. And the reminder comes with love, comes with good memories. They used to come, the memories used to come with anger and pain and just, ah, you know, frustration. But now when I think of these four people that I listed here, nothing comes to mind but just light and just a lesson that I've learned. And I'm grateful for all four of these people, in specific and ways they're all so different, but they're all the same in a sense that they did love me, and they do, and I still love them past a been past of you know I want to bang again like no i <laughs> that's definitely not the case no i I love these people because they made me who I am today. Some through pain and some through love and the last one through truth. So the first one I'm going to speak about, and realistically it has to be the first one I speak about is Amanda. We dated probably a year or two after a few years after I dropped out of uh, St. Lawrence. I remember funny enough, uh, her buying me alcohol and my buddy's alcohol at St. Lawrence. Cause she was a few years older. Fuck. Yeah. I remember her being cool like that and her just being a nice person. And, you know, I, I think we started ch- chatting on MSN and, and different things like this. And, you know, fl- flirtiness always kind of happens with me. It's uh, kind of unavoidable. Uh f- I'm trying to love myself more, so I'm sure I'll start flirting with people more in the guise of if you imagine everyone to be God, then Hmm. I kind of that I kind of changed and fucked up there. If you imagine everyone as yourself, then of course you're going to do the most you can for that person in terms of love, respect. So I imagine I'll be thinking of them more. And, yeah, that's confusing. Anyways. So with Amanda, the biggest thing was when we started dating, uh, she had Nathan. And I I think when we officially started seeing each other, this was before dating, um, Nathan was 10 days old. Or 13. You might not be specific. It was 10 or 13 days. Um, And, you know, it was a rough kind of situation because uh, Nathan's then father you know, control, alt, deleted. And, uh, you know, it, it It can be, that's a tough, tough thing, uh, you know, having that kind of darkness around you. And I guess I'm grateful to have, have been a good influence in that year or so that we, or two years or less that we dated, you know, and being in a committed relationship with someone, even for those two years, with a baby that was 10 days old it it really formed quite a good basis for me to move on like quite a good basis for me to live my life in the next 10 years after uh with certain fundamental strengths and lessons that i'd been through at such a young age being 20 21 and you know taking nathan to daycare um changing his diaper and putting penitent on him and, you know, being there. This was before, I think, we lived together. uh, Going with him and Amanda for when he was getting his circumcision. Rest in peace. Um, Because that could be rough. I think I was in pain, too. Just the idea of it. Um, I'm happy that I was able to do that and to know that I was capable of doing that coming from a family where my mom is like a what do you call it, like a four star general, like I mean she's had five kids, right she's at the top of the leaderboards in terms of kids so I can't help but be thankful that I got to know that how I care for a baby how I care for someone you love, someone so small, like i get that i'm capable of doing that because it came from my mom and now whenever i see a baby i can't help but be happy and feel all warm and you you need to hold a baby i think uh i don't know i was thinking of like some revolutionary like hey you want to kick crack you want to get off drugs start holding babies i think holding a baby kind of mellows you out i mean i I could be the drunkest person on earth, and if you give me a baby, I'm going to be fucking the most careful person ever. You know, I might as well be sitting down, because you you don't want to risk it. But, you know, um, with Amanda, she brought organization, she brought regiment, not regiment in terms of she was like a a warden, but she expected certain things, and, and honestly, I'm so grateful For that. I mean, I say to people a lot of the time when we're talking about doing laundry and random things like this. People hate doing laundry. And I guess I get it, but I really love folding. And most people are like, fuck, that's like the worst part. Well, when we dated and when we were in a relationship, uh, Nathan had lots of clothes. And I don't know if it's an OCD thing because I'm kind of like that. Maybe she's kind of like that. But I remember having to fold them in a specific way sort them by colors, images, patterns this pretty intense. And because of that, you know, funny enough at the time it was very annoying because of course I'm going to forget. But now I feel happy knowing that that's like my favorite part now. And and you know sometimes in the moment it can be tough doing certain things but And really understanding that eventually you're going to appreciate those things. I mean, fuck, I love folding clothes. And maybe that's just an extension of a memory that I had of her. I remember so many good things. But I remember when it ended, and it didn't end too well. uh, But we brought it back. I'm happy to say that she's still in my life one way or another. I'm happy that she's happy and she's doing what she wants. She's got babies. She's got love. She's got a job. She's got many things and some of those things. I'm sure I would have not been able to do at some point, but at the end of the day, she was what I needed at that time. And now, wanting to have a family and me being 31, I know that on the fundamental basis of certain things, I know I'm capable of caring for that kid because I had the opportunity to care for hers. You know, now, um, let's get, let's just talk about a disgusting, dirty story because, you know, we're talking about this. I'm getting emotional. So let's just change it up. Same girl. We'll end each ex with, yeah, with a dirty story. Fuck it. So with Amanda, where do we start? I remember us having sex. Now, I know women. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I know that having sex on your period, some of you don't like. I get it. But like there's quite a few women who love having sex on their period. And I get it. It's a hormonal. Believe me, I get it. Um, but yeah, it can be a little tricky. It can be a little, oh, I can't say disgusting because it's like, it comes from you. So in my, my head, I'm thinking if I say that's disgusting, then that means you're disgusting. No, that's how it is. Okay, I'm getting off them, <laughs> besides the point. Uh, I remember Amanda being on her period a week or two ago. At that time, you know, so I thought, you know, the the finish line's in sight, you know, it's all good. But we thought, okay, to be safe, just, you know, to avoid, say, a potential mess or a Dexter scene, you know, with fucking blood all over the wall, it's not that crazy. I mean, I'm sure some women bleed like that, but anyways, uh, we ended up going into the shower and having sex. And uh, this is one of my scar stories. And ultimately why I'm, like, kind of almost opposed to fucking in the shower. But we'll get to that after the third X uh, that I'm going to talk about. So with Amanda, I remember us, uh, you know, going at it. And I remember me looking down on my shoulder, right? Like, I'm not... My head's not that much higher than my shoulder. But, you know, just, like, looking at my shoulder and seeing blood. Just seeing, like, a drop of blood, right? More like a thick, like, a gooey fucking... Yeah you know, like gum, bloody gum stuff. So I look and I'm like, what the hell? Then I look down. Sometimes you shouldn't look down. Like when you're on an edge of a cliff and they say don't look down, it goes the same as this story. When you're fucking in the shower and she might have her period, don't look down. Because when I looked down, it was like saw. It was like fucking blood all over the... And I'm thinking like, what? I thought this was... I mean, I understand the, the, the timing and that sometimes it's longer and sometimes it's less. But like, I thought we were in the, go- you know, and little did I know that like each thrust was like fucking a stab wound into someone's fucking stomach. There's blood, you know, and we don't, you, you don't notice this, this right? Because you're in the midst of, of trading s- souls or, you know, you're in the midst of breathing heavy and not looking down. You're fucking looking forward that, yeah. <laughs> I remember having a rough... Well not a rough go, I thought it was pretty funny, but it was it was pretty yucky, you know. So that doesn't mean I'm afraid of period blood. A hundred percent not. But uh I definitely I'm afraid of fucking so enthusiastically post period in a bathtub. Like that's that's it's not me anymore. Luckily I'm a changed man. <laughs> Alright, so Next, uh, next, we're gonna speak, and this one's gonna be a very interesting one. Right, Ra- this one is about Rachel. That name whew, still gets me. Ah, that memory still feels good. Will always feel good. You always remember the the one who said "I love you" first, right? I mean, it's it's funny. It it at least for me, it's always been me, hey, man. I'm going to say I love you probably after the first time I met you. I've said I love you to customers, you know, just after that first. Now, it's a different kind of I love you. But with Rachel, she said I love you first. And it always kept with me. Um, Funny enough, with Rachel, how this kind of whole story uh, started was... F- uh, I think, yeah, it was Plenty of Fish, actually. Now, she wasn't on there. I was on there, and I was messaging people. And I remember messaging... Fuck, I'm going to feel bad uh, forgetting her name, because that's just me. I'm good with names, but she's not around, so who knows. I remember going on a, a date with Haley or Lindsay... Whatever. Basically the same name. Um... And I remember she being down by Bayswater, but she had also said that she wasn't sure. This was kind of one of the first few times that she was meeting a guy off plenty of fish. So she she asked if her friend could be around just to give her a bit more of a comfortability. And I was like, yeah, of course. And we went back to their place uh, just to chill and hang out and talk. And I knew right away that while I had an affinity or a, a connection just because we had had the time to talk I knew right away that there's something about Rachel that uh that sit that did sit right. Uh just the way she looked, how silly she was there's just so many cool instances that made me realize that I think I like this girl a bit more. Now of course this was kind of in like a probably a very transformative or time for, for Rachel and for them uh, considering that, you know, at that time, Rachel was having difficulties. I imagine mental health issues uh, as we all are. Um, But I didn't know that love, love puts a shade that helps you see past certain things to the fundamental truth of what it was. And there was a lot of love there. You know, there's a lot of beautiful things. I still have, Funny enough, when she left. And ultimately how how it ended, it didn't end uh, negative. It didn't end because of anything negatively. It ended because, if my memory serves me correct, her father was in... Denmark or in Germany or Amsterdam or Holland Holland boom Holland and I think he had offered to help her with her some of her issues but also help with school and you know providing that for someone because he was far away Uh, so she eventually moved to Holland I believe so that more or less really is exactly how it ended you know those things just happen naturally but the sustenance of said relationship, I still think about. There's certain movie moments. As someone who's always hated this idea that women have—that a guy in a in a movie in a chick flick or a dick flick—I guess if it's like a guy's version of that—that uh, that they're not attainable. That they're not real. That that these things don't happen. And that's always been a fundamental driving point for me in a relationship. Of course, authenticity is God in a relationship. But also for me, those little tiny movie moments. You don't want to overplay them, of course. Just like a good joke, you need proper timing. And luckily for me, when it came to those kind of things, I always had the perfect timing. And, you know, with Rachel... She, uh, I remember this, uh, this is the last time we had had dinner and we, we had talked together and been together before she had left. I remember going up to grab wings at wild wings at the, at the time, walking down to her place at Bayswater, walking up as if you could see this in and you can imagine this in your head as if a movie guys walking up, he's looking up, she's the third floor, second floor comes over the balcony sees me we chit chat for a little bit she throws her keys down to me we go up i don't know we chit chat this that this we go get wings man she loved hot wings man she would eat death wings the hottest wings there and not even budge you know maybe she was the devil but the devil tasted so sweet at times you know um, and just that, like, I, I can't get that out of my head of, like, walking up there, her throwing the keys down, and just, like, that scene from said movie that I don't know. I remember when she left, I had a pair of her socks, and I had them on my wall for a while, uh, and I still have those socks somewhere. I should start wearing them. Um. She... She was just an amazing person. She did what she wanted. She was quirky, cool, crazy. She was probably a perfect mirrored reflection of me at that time. And there was a lot of cool things that we had did. I mean, we didn't get to go out to play many places. I mean, because honestly, we only had about two, three weeks together, or maybe a month or so. This was right around my 23rd birthday. I remember this because I don't think this birthday has been topped. Well, this last birthday that I had was actually really great. Thank you to Isabella. Um, that birthday, I mean, I don't know if you can top, you can top that, but we'll, we'll get into that right now. Uh, that birthday, luckily for me, I had a threesome. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Like, ah, no, because honestly, while like in your head you would imagine a threesome would be nice, it's it's all about the participants. I think, really, you know. Uh, even if I'm a good conductor, if the instruments aren't working properly for one reason or another, it can be a little interesting. And in that scenario, funny enough, um, Rachel and Haley, Lindsay, you know. Uh, They had never done anything with a woman before, you know. So it's a very interesting thing for me, you know, being like, ah, I'll be the teacher, you know. Um, Yeah, very, very funny uh, scenario. Uh, It didn't really end up working out because I really liked Rachel. And, uh, you know, it ended up separating that while they were still friends and, and shit, you know, and there wasn't any bad thing, you know. I was really into a Rachel, so after that, you know, threesome after my birthday, it did, you know, I kind of still funneled towards towards Rachel. Um, and it wasn't as cracked up as, it, well, it was in, enjoyable. It was just a lot of new thing. I guess I should've, I should've been a better teacher, I guess, but that's uh, <laughs> besides the point. Um, funny enough, that's not the discuss. that's not the, the, the dirty story. Uh, all, like, these three, funny enough, all these dirty stories, for the most part, are all related to water or in the shower or in a tub. And that's probably why I, I think fucking in the shower is overhyped. the um, <laughs> funny one with Rachel. Uh <laughs> this is going to be great. Uh, fuck. The funny thing about Rachel is that she wanted me to pee on her. I mean... She wanted it, not me. Let, let me be clear about that. Some women want to get pissed on. It's not me being objectifying her. It's, it's She wanted it. Now, I'm, I'm a little level-headed, a little. That while I was like, hmm, there's probably, uh, okay, yeah, I will. But, like, there's certain, like, precautionary methods that need to happen. One, like, I'm guaranteed to be super hydrated. I'm not pissing out. Pikachu on her, you know. I don't want it to be yellow and whatever. <laughs> this is great. Um, but at the same time I don't want to get my sheets messy my, you know, you know. So, I ended up peeing on her in the shower. Uh, not as like cool as it sounds. It's not cool, but like not as direct as you can imagine me like in other videos that you've seen of people peeing on other people. It's not I wasn't as direct I peed on her leg. I mean, I probably should have been cooler of a story when I started out, I peed on her because it wasn't as directly in my head as cool as I don't know what I'm going on about, but yeah, that's probably the 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 sick story or the, the one of the dirty stories of of with her, and she was really cool, not because she let me pee on her or she wanted me to pee on her, but because she was very understanding and very open to trying new things and at that time hey i needed i needed to get out there so it was nice trying new things and i still remember bandit her bunny and i remember her just being consumed by me you know i mean i don't think i'm mr anything honestly but she was just of the relationships i had That was the one that was, I think, closest aligned to us being equally into each other. For me, normally, I'm a bit intense. I care a little too much. I'm a little bit too over the top. Some would say clingy. Now, I wouldn't say that's the case. But yeah, I 100% am. But with Rachel, she was my equal when it came to caring for said person. She would talk about how her arms would go numb, which would be very funny. Like, who gets fucked so good that their ar- she can't use her arms for that the rest of the day? I mean, that that's... I mean, fuck, I must have broke her spinal cord or something at that point, but not just that, but just how much she felt for me in said moments of just watching a movie... Saying funny things, just being weird to each other, made me realize that I, I, I think I always need to be a little weird. I think you always need to be yourself, and you're always going to be different because you're uniquely yourself. So, I think you should appreciate why you're so weird. There, whoever's listening to this. Um. All right. So next one will be Jessica. Jessica. Um. I don't know why I said it that way, but uh, let's let's go through Jessica. I met her when I was working at Coffee Eco, not when I was there at the KCH, you know. Uh, it was when I worked at Coffee Co. And I remember me being, uh, this was probably before she knew my name, as the coffee guy. Like I am, I think, for most people. Excuse me. She used to come in all the time. Uh, you know, to get coffee. I think at that at said time she worked at Paradiso. She was a ZA girl, you know, she was a pizza girl. But she was also a metalhead. She was also into Nintendo video games. She had an N64. She fucking dummied me, killed me at Mario Kart, you know? How dare you? I haven't forgot that. <laughs> you know, she's just. She was awesome. Her music taste was perfectly aligned with me. I remember uh, how it really kind of fell through and how we ended up, not fell through the relationship, but how we fell into each other was when we met at the Protest the Hero show at the Ale House, I believe it was. I was in the front. Of course, I always try to be in the front. And I remember getting the set list, actually, from the drummer. He was going to give it to somebody off in the crowd, and I was, like, the first one. And I remember keeping it and getting the toque, and I remember at that time, maybe I hadn't seen her in a few months at the coffee shop, and then running into her there, and, oh, you like protest? It? You know? And it kind of kept going from there, and eventually uh, we ended up dating uh, and becoming official. And it was it was amazing. I, I remember kissing the intent which i had kissed her at that one moment when she i think when i asked if she could be my girlfriend it was like something i don't know if she's like kiss me like a girl who knows i don't remember the scenario but i remember how she felt after i kissed her it wasn't those like kiss like blah, 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 you know it's like one of those things that like you i don't know maybe did they kiss on the titanic right like I don't know, I don't know, but it was, it was enough of a kiss that I remember it so vividly in my head. Um, Jessica now, of all of these four, uh, besides Amanda, uh, Jessica would be the four of the four of them, one I could say would be a buddy or closest to, because even now, uh, you know, and of course I've apologized and, and I've, I'll explain to you a, a big thing of of why I kind of changed how I used to think about certain people, certain exes. I used to always think negatively. And after having, you know, well, any heavy psychedelic trip that you you can't control, uh, and this one, for instance, I did, I don't know, what was it, six or seven grams of mushrooms? I knew it was going bad when I was downtown and the clock was spinning backwards. I thought, yeah, Keenan, I got to go home. I don't think we're going to be able to do shrooms, do mushrooms and be out in nature. I remember this trip, sorry to go off a little tangent, but for that, like six hours or however long, I was just in a friggin' all that kept coming up was my past relationships with said women. And what started as memories that I would recall of pain and how alone I felt or how shitty they made me feel or how honestly I made shitty I made them feel this changed it went through each little relationship and it was only it was it was as if someone had a highlighter of the moments that were beautiful and then it was like a permanent black marker across everything else that could even be attributed to negativity so all I could see was these highlighted portions of each relationship and the good, good, goodness that happened. And it washed away every bit of negativity. I, I, I look at these four names, I feel so good because the good memories I have with them will always be there. With Jessica, I remember spending the night at her house and, you know, after a night of, well, I imagine sex and, food and all sorts of video games i remember in the morning waking up and playing chess with her i don't know how to play chess i do on a base level understand how the pieces go but i don't know uh, beginnings openings forks traps you know i don't know this shit but i remember playing with her and winning And now, you know, side note, maybe she's fucking sucks at chess or maybe I'm fucking really good. Or maybe we were just fucking don't even, we both didn't know what we were doing, right? But that's besides the point. I remember playing chess and winning and her saying, as if it was, she's right beside me right now, just saying that you have a beautiful brain. And for someone like me who, I've been a bully and I've been bullied. You know, for someone, especially at that moment, now it's different. But at that moment, it it changed. It it made me feel so good that that she was the first person to ever say that to me, you know, to ever appreciate what was going on up here, you know, and it still feels so good when I think back of that. And she's still around today. I still message her. Now, out of out of love, out of I'm there for you. I'm your friend. I got you. I understand you, and I'm grateful for what you did for me. Now I don't pursue someone. You know, of course, I still find her really attractive, and 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 beauty, and her understanding of the human psyche, especially now, and, and understanding of herself. How mo- how could you not get more into the beauty? of someone who understands himself now more than ever because I do too. But that's not it. With her, she, her making me feel okay with what was going on with me helped so much that now I care so much about what's going on with her and I appreciate it and I'm I'm grateful that I can still talk to her, that I can still say, hey, we're both going through some shit. But luckily, she's honest with me about what's going on with her. And I'm honest with her about what's going on with me. I think that's the making of a great friendship. Now, uh, yeah, I mean, man, I remember that. Okay, I'm not, not going to get into that. You know, I'll start thinking about, damn, she's hot. You know, but fundamentally, uh, she made me accept that, that that I have something beautiful inside me, regardless of, of whether some people don't or whether I don't think so. Sometimes I, most times I can be pretty bad on myself, but, you know, Jessica's there up in the corner of the, of the window, just, hey, hey, no, you got this, you know? You need little muses like that around you to give you support, and I'm happy that... She's still there. Now, huh. funny enough, like it's not necessarily. I don't. We don't really have any dirty stories. I mean, no. Or like, none of these were dirty. Above, like, well, dirty in a sense of like peeing and blood and piss. Yes, <laughs> but funny enough, uh, this is exactly why I wanted to go into the segue of well with Jessica. It's not so much about fucking in the shower because we didn't have sex in the shower or make love in the shower. I don't know why I'm... Maybe because I'm getting so energized. I'm saying, fuck. But like, you know, we didn't. But I remember us bathing or having a shower together and realizing that it's just like, it's never really enjoyable sharing a shower with somebody. Can can I get a, an agreement on that? I remember trying to wash your hair and, you know, every person has a way of washing their hair. And, well, I couldn't do it. And it's just like, well, explain to me how to, how I wash your how how I should wash your hair, but that's besides the point. I think fucking in the shower is overrated, and having a shower with somebody. I mean, it's different if you're staring into each other's eyes and the water's going down your body and the soaps encircling every part that you want to touch. You know, yeah, I get that, but like that's not what we're doing. We're like showering because we had to fucking get our day going. It's just like, hmm, nah, I probably need to shower by myself, but you know, we, we still did, but yeah, fucking in the shower, overrated, I was saying to my buddy Jerry the other day, that like, unless you're fucking a grandma, which I haven't, so I can't advise it, but the only way I would advise it, and especially if you're into fucking in showers, would be to fuck grandma, because she has a, or to have sex, sorry, I'm getting more explicit as each episode goes by, I'll try to be a bit more appropriate, but, um, you know, making whoopee with grandma probably would be more enjoyable in the shower than having making whoopee with the girl that you're interested in and you have an affection for just for the base, basis of grandma has the handles. She can barely have a shower without holding on, you know, what you mean? she has to sit down. So there's a place to sit in the shower. There's a, there's a there's the tub part, but then there's a little seat part, and then there's the handlebars. That makes all the world. Now, I get you can get handlebars and glue things on, and you can have a fucking jungle gym in your fucking shower if you want, but I don't need that shit. I don't need the little thing in my head being like, oh, we might slip. Like, this whole tub isn't a slip mat, so how can I be so sure of my foot placement and not fall over, right? Whereas with with grandmas or well, you can have sex with a girl in a wheelchair or, well, whatever. It's besides the point. There's handlebars. So if you don't have those, then what are, we, what are we even here for? Overrated. I don't recommend it. And I'm sorry I couldn't wash your hair properly. <laughs> okay. So uh, number four. Fuck, I'm going on. This is 54 minutes. So sorry, guys. I'll start <laughs> speeding it up. Nicole what else could I say about her besides being like light representation of light. Oh, there's many things. I didn't think I could ever do a long distance relationship. And I always said that I never would. I always said I would do not most of these things. I would never sing in front of a woman. I would, well, like in front, not just specifically, I well, could just sing in front of somebody um, but I remember with Nicole, it's starting from just such a beauty of having a coin. Well, you know how it started because I read uh, her diary notes. But uh, with her, there, it showed me that if you truly love somebody, you'll do whatever it takes. For me, it was always making sure I had money to take Megabus so I could see her once a month. Well, like long, you know, of course I'd want to be there every single day feasibly, you know, while paying rent and this and that and this I couldn't. So I only really got to see her once a month, but I remember getting to travel up there on her for her birthday and bringing her flowers and sitting on a bus for six hours, getting there at 6 a.m. Of course, I can't set flowers down anywhere. So I'm fucking holding flowers for six hours, you know, on the bus, um, I remember going to her Christian university at the time and her showing me around. And at that time, I was playing around on the guitar, you know, living with Joe and just kind of noodling around. And I knew, oh, I want to play happy birthday for her on her birthday. So what happened? Well, she had uh, her guitar from her father who passed away. And she's really close with her father. So it was such a big thing when I was able to You know, when we were able to have a blanket out on the beautiful, beautiful property that they had at this Christian universe. They had just so much area and grass and the light. And I could just remember that moment so purely of being able to sing happy birthday to her on her father's guitar. And, you know, for her, this was the first relationship she ever had. She ever had first kiss, first boyfriend. So many firsts. I'm happy to say I wasn't as shitty In certain aspects as I was maybe to other exes one way or another because like with her uh, There was just so much uh, I don't know. What do you call it? She was I don't know all natural. What do you call that? She was just authentically herself She's the nicest person I ever met when someone believes in the man in the sky uh, truthfully uh any person they touch or talk to or are around feels good and she had a voice kind of like sugar from YTV you know really hype i guess i just love high pitched voices in, in women i don't know but with uh la, 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 la. with nicole she was just she was there and at the time she was learning or she was going to university to become a a therapist or like you know so where where is she now? No. <laughs> this Funny enough, I'm my own therapist talking to myself this way. Uh, so I remember just these cool movie moments, even with her. She had been going to this university for a few years, and she said that every fall they used to have a dance. And her and her friends for the three years of, the, of said four that they were going to be there, uh always wish that they could have went with someone, but we were always standing at the sidelines and watching other people dance. And I remember her being so, so happy that she finally said she had somebody that she could bring there to dance. And I I like to dance for sure. Um Oddly enough, or sadly enough, it did get cancelled, I think, uh for some reason. Um So they ended up not being able to do it that year, but I ended up getting a hotel. Uh, and we spent the night together. What's interesting, and 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 the, like the, probably the toughest part about that relationship is that uh, Nicole was a virgin, and pff, I had a bunch of bullet wounds in me. If you get what the com- metaphor I'm saying, that like she was of the clean cloth, and I you know I had already been stained a few times. But a love like that, I was willing to. G- to stop it all and give it up. So I, yeah, I took a vow of celibacy because I knew that I wouldn't we wouldn't be able to have sex until we got married. But I was really into her really into her. Uh, So I took that plunge, I took many plunges in that relationship, because it felt so good. And it, it still feels good. And, you know, uh, ultimately, it ended because her being so close to God, And me trying to understand them, but not necessarily being on the same level as she was. And she needed somebody to be able to get on one knee and be able to pray with her. And while I did try so much and went to church, um, a Christian church with Justin, a a guy who works at Costco uh, with his family. And that was actually a really cool time. Uh, Ultimately, she deserved more than me. Really, she did and she was so good to me and her effect over me in terms of even when it ended I never felt so loved you know and I remember her saying this to me you know and I don't mean this like the last thing she said to me no but I remember us breaking up on new year's new year's day over the phone and I was just having a conversation and she said before she got off, you know, that the one last thing, Brad, you know, to say to you is like, just not to be so hard on yourself. And she's so true. And I, I get myself, I, I, I catch myself being like, I'm, I still haven't listened to her sometimes, but I can see because my father, you know, he's hard on himself. And while I take, like, a lot of things from my family, uh, you take the good and you take the bad, that I especially felt now more than ever because I can see that in my father. And I am still too hard on myself. I mean, I got fired from this fuck from this place. And I'm, I mean, this is partially because they've kind of, they kind of manufactured this in my head. But now, like, I'm ex. I think I'm, you know, I don't even know where we're going here. I got this in my head that, that, you know, maybe I'm not as good as I say, and maybe I'm not a good person. Maybe I'm not all these things that I felt that I was, uh, but I am. Some people just want to let go violently, you know, or I, I don't know. That's not, that's the wrong way of saying it. I kind of got off the uh, the subject. But yeah, uh, with Nicole, it ended so good. And she said, just not to be so hard on yourself. And I still am. But it's getting better. And she's still around, still doing good. I did end up talking to her recently after like many years. Uh, She actually sent me a huge message. Uh, And this still just shows me why she's still fucking sick. She messaged me, said that she still kept the letter that I gave her. And I wish I still had the recipe. I wrote the recipe for love for her when we were dating. And fuck, I wish I knew. I wish I could remember that recipe. Because, man, I keep fucking up. Like, I don't remember that recipe. If I knew the recipe, maybe I wouldn't be. But who knows? <laughs> uh, just there were many good movie moments. And, uh, oh, yeah, I got sidetracked off the th- blah, 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 the dance thing. Anyways. I ended up getting a hotel. We spent the night. Part of the promise was that if we spent the night, that you know, nothing would happen. Because of course, when you get in that mode and you get in that mood, and it's just like you know, you, I wish you could see my arms, and I'm just moving them so softly. Like when you get in the zone, and when you, you when you bite a girl's lip and you kiss her, you know, when you do certain things, you 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 know, yeah. I was, I was thinking, should I like, cause I keep saying when you bite a girl's lip and you, but I'm like, I, I could imagine that there's some, like there's some gay people listening to this. So like, I'm trying to think in my head, should I also be like, you know, when buddy grabs your ear and fucking pulls on your tail or fucking your front tail, I guess I was thinking a vestigial tail. No, no, I guess the front tail, but you know, uh, certain things when you get into those moments, there's, There's a point where there's no return, you know, and luckily it did. It didn't get like that, but I remember being there, not her, not being able to go to the dance. So what do we do? We, and I love that I can come up with these little ideas. These are the things that I know that if I'm lucky enough to to get married, well, I don't know if I'll be able to keep, you know. I know that these are those little things, that reinvigorate the love that you should have for your wife. You should be doing th- these kind of things. I mean, I, I hate this fucking idea of like you see in movies and you see this where it's like, oh we've been married. We're not fucking. We're not, you know, we're kind of growing apart, but we're not, but we've been together we might as well stay together because it's like white on I don't know. You might as well stay together. Whereas I don't even f- I apologize. Will I be able to get back to this? Yeah, we these little cool ideas of, of make a relationship go well. I remember us closing the door to the washroom, a crack of light. We put her phone on the corner of the desk, put music on, and we uh, we danced in that hotel room for what seemed like an eternity, but really was only a song or two. She was dressed so beautifully. It was a good time. I remember when we went and saw Crimson Peak on my birthday in this cool fucking nice theater in Toronto. VIP service where they bring you liquor and food while you're sitting there. I remember her always saying that she wanted to get kissed in the rain. And after we left that movie, it was exactly in a movie was what had happened that night. When we left, there was no... Cloud in the sky. There was nothing. But there was a point after maybe two minutes we left the theater where it was just pouring. And me and her were just smiling. And it was nice to be able to just kiss her like that with the rain and it being exactly what she wanted and what she needed. I don't have um, like a dirty story because we didn't have sex of course you know uh like i'm sure in my head I, we did a bunch but but we didn't you know but still there was kind of a cool sexual-ish kind of story she went to an all christian university and it was of course segregated not segregated separated whatever same thing separated to men sleep have their own dormitory and then there's a female dormitory well i wanted to check out her spot right but they can't have guys in there so she snuck me in to excuse me into her room and it was fucking cool like being in in a, in a place like the, oh i shouldn't be you know i i blew up trailers i had done a lot of illegal things and stupid things but like it just felt even cooler that of someone like her who's like per- not perfect but like in terms of appropriateness politeness she was she checked every box But it was cool springing in there. and You know, what was not so cool after this moment was her being upset at what had happened. But I remember us uh, kind of getting a little bit further towards doing certain things like that. And it was all very fresh for her. So, of course, when you haven't had any of these things and you are met with somebody who's navigated these waters like fucking Columbus... Um, it could be a little tough because, like, you don't know when to scale back. Everything feels good. Everything, you know, and and we didn't go too far, but I do remember me, like, touching her, you know, slightly, uh, you know, pants still on. And, uh, I remember her, you know, touching my buddy there for, not like a little bit, but just for a little bit. And nothing, like, besides that, nothing else happened. I mean, blue balled like a motherfucker. I remember, funny enough, I think I... Yeah, I mean, at this point, we've talked about sex, and pissing, and like I'm pretty sure I jerked off in the washroom. Like a two minutes, literally in the washroom, because I like I felt like I was my balls were gonna blow up, you know. But anyways, that's besides the point. The real sad part, or the tough part was, you know, a day or so later because uh, we used to Skype every day. I remember her and I skyping and me me activating. What do you call it? Like accepting and. The Skype and starting right away and her being just filled with tears and so upset and I I was really, I didn't know what was going on and she had been reading the Bible and she kind of opened it up and the pa- first page that randomly she had opened was, was talking about that and she just felt so bad about what had happened. Not bad as in terms of it, 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 it felt bad, no it felt good but she felt bad because under the eyes of the Lord she shouldn't have done she shouldn't have done that you know and it was tough it was tough I mean I wasn't supposed to masturbate you know I mean and I remember oh, fuck that was like a tough time when like no one ever wants to make their girlfriend cry and I remember her asking like oh do you still like just off any you know it's just like well yeah I mean like I shouldn't have said it with such confidence or such like yeah I do like fuck yeah it's great no you know I said yeah and I remember her being so upset and crying and ups- and rightfully so, right? So not all uh sexual avenues turn out good. Um but I'm grateful that she was such a good influence on me. And if anyone would be a muse, she would be. Because I'm still being nice to I'm I try more than ever now to be nice to people, because I'll never be as nice as she is, but I can try. <laughs> okay, well, we're almost out of here, guys. 100, 110, an hour and ten minutes. Okay, we'll go to friends. Okay, I'm gonna be quick here because I feel like I'm you got boring you at this point. So first one I'm gonna talk about is my buddy Dalton, the ginger. Ginger God, the Smash God, Red Hair, probably Firebush. Just such a, f- a good person. I guess it, it seems like a reoccurring thing that I keep saying so pure and so light, but Dalton was different. He he went about life in his own way. I remember when we first met, he was at... um. He came into PWD when at the time I was working at Costco. And I remember him being kind of fucking <laughs> weird. Like, normally at, at demos, you would stand you were at your table, you would stand behind it. He would always have, because I think he did it at a, another warehouse, he would have it pushed completely against the product. And he would just stand at the side of it. Which realistically, thinking about it now is probably a better way of going about it. But just imagining that he would turn into... Similar to like, it, it was nice to see our influence changed who he was, not for the worst, but for the better. It it, it helped him b- be himself. I remember he was so Christian, so tucked in, everything perfect. You couldn't even say swear words really around him without him. Be- no, of course, you could say fucking a- anything around him, but like saying swear words around him would kind of make him feel uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable, but like, oh, you know, he wouldn't. And it was so great to see throughout the years him kind of shed certain skin. Yeah, shed certain skins for others. And what started out of him being so proper and perfect and, and, and not sure about himself and not sure about where he was going, that he was sure. Just in the way he joked near the end. Well, there's never an end with a true friendship, but near the chapter before, before he died. Okay. Why why the fuck do I need to be all poetic about it? Before he died, um, I could see how much he was like me and how much he was like us and them and you know, he was so into Smash Bros, and so was I. We used to play Smash at Dalton's house all the time. He had such a sick kind of place. He used to always have people over. He always had kids there, smashing, playing Smash, joking around. He would always say, um, feel free, have have a drink, have a Red Bull. He was so generous. And now, of course, these some of these kids would of course t- really take into it and like drink everything but like the fact that he was just so gracious and so offering and he would drive these kids to tournaments just it, to me he was such a good influence on the community specifically when it comes to smash i used, you know and i used to say to myself and this shows you that inspiration is only temporary even when he passed away i was inspired to try to be that person in the community once he left. And honestly, I, I haven't been to a, a tournament since he's passed away. And I'd like to go back down. And I'd like to honestly be who he was to the community, driving people around, being a good influence, and just being a good time, just having a good time. <laughs> he was just fu- a funny dude. You could make fun of him. You could do, he would just give you everything. He would give you, as they would say, the shirt off his back. I remember with him, it was a lot of dittos. We used to rock Captain Falcon. Where's Captain Falcon? I remember I used to use counters on him all the time. Literally, I would do five counters in a row and he would be like, really, Brad? We're going to start a match off with you just walking up to me? Did he just walk up slowly and counter me? Like, that would be me, you know? Uh, Just so funny. And while I don't think that while he became closer to us i don't think he shed the christian skin he didn't shed the wings that were attached to him now who knows i i can't say that i believe in god but the more i believe in myself the more i'd say i would because i think if you see yourself and the ones around you the ones who are suffering if you see ah you shouldn't think you're god but like i think the more i believe in myself the more i'd believe in god because they're one and the same um now he tragically you know control alt deleted as well. Uh and well as we what would we say in Well, no, he stocked life. But like, you know, he uh he's with master hand. He's kinda you know, he passed away and he's I think he's in a, a better place. I know he is. And he had such a good influence. Um So I'll read this little thing that I wrote to him uh, a year after he'd passed away that I'd posted on his Facebook. Uh, Maybe you'll like it. When I see the color red, I think of you. Every ginger I see, I wish it was you turning around. Your your honesty, I wish they had. Your kindness, I wish I possessed. Still learning to try and reflect in your image. You loved with ease and cared without resistance. The fact that effect is something that changes you happy birthday brother every memory i have of you i relive today in your honor and about a year or so later i wrote something else on this page when i'm feeling down and need a smile on my face i look back at these two videos where we traveled to see baby metal not a day goes by i don't think of you and the impression you left on my soul to smile in the face of fear to feel in the moment, to never take life for granted. My favorite color is because of you. When I see red, I think of you, your ginger hair, and how I used to say you're the only one with a soul, living in servitude of others and gave a respect that I really needed. I see you grow from that shy kid who turned away when I'd make a joke to the man I knew you were throwing it down with the best of them. Keeping my memory of you strong is a daily battle with my emotions. But what you taught me in that short, but oh, so sweet time together, I'll never forget. I love you, brother. And all that you do for me to this day, my love for you will always be frame perfect. And I mean, to explain what frame perfect means for you norms out there. (laughs) Uh, There's 60 frames, right? And like, one second has 60, well, I may even not even get it right, but frame perfect means on, like, you're you're doing it perfectly on frame one. There's 60 frames in a second. Uh, yeah. So you need to have a great, well, frame perfect just means, it's, who knows, frame perfect, you gotta be on the perfect frame, which is being perfect. Anyway, my love for you will always be frame perfect. Uh, I could go on about Dalton for quite a bit, you know, uh, but I won't. (coughs) The only other thing I'll mention to him is now, uh, of course, I think about him still very frequently. There's a song that I, uh, I listen to, or there's a song that a lot of music that I listen to, the lyrics, I will apply to my life. And all apply to somebody, you know, and certain songs will remi- remember me remind me of somebody. And with Dalton, I don't know how this uh how this got on to my uh sorry. Let's fucking type it. I don't know how uh the song ended up being stuck and permanently ingrained in who Dalton was, but it is And it's uh, Cheek to Cheek. Specifically, it would be Cheek to Cheek by Fred Astaire. Uh, Such a beautiful video. Such a beautiful guy. You know, a good guy. Great dancer. Beautiful voice. And this song just... It's just always been with me. And honestly, it's from one of my favorite movies. uh, Referencing Green Mile in the scene where they're in watching the movie with the prisoner. And you see Buddy crying or sorry, no, yes, in the movie, all the prisoners, they're there, and they have John Candy, I think, and the you know big guy, Michael Clark Duncan, and they're watching a old-fashioned movie of said movie where Fred Astaire does this song and dance, cheek to cheek. And then later in the movie, you see Buddy reliving the memory of said guy while watching that movie in the retirement home that he was in. So that's where that song comes from, but... I listen to that song and I think of him. And I mean, might as well. Uh, the beginning goes like this: If I can sing with fucking drag voice, I just had to get my wet my whistle there. Heaven, I'm in heaven. And my heart beats so that I can hardly speak. And I seem to find the happiness I seek. When we're out together dancing cheek to cheek. I don't think we ever dance together. But maybe we will someday. Rest in peace, buddy. Uh, So next one is another friend who... Control-Alt-Deleted, you know, And, and I believe in the statistic that, you know, one of the biggest things facing men today is suicide, right? I mean, I've had two friends commit suicide in the last few years. We had Dalton, who was 20, 21. Alex, who was 28, 29, you know, same year as me. Alex, such a strong dude was really into mixed martial arts and, and why I'm into the UFC now. I met him in grade three, trying to jump in his leaf pile. Um, I remember being in high school and having biology class and chemistry class together. Oh, I've got so many good memories of Alex. And, you know, sadly, he he's not with us here now, but he provides a certain strength that that i i tap into very frequently honestly uh i try not to take all of it but he was a pretty strong guy and i i visit him i at least once a week if not two three uh, the the week that i had wrote uh a story about visiting him i i went there seven eight times in a row standing there for a half hour just looking up at him uh just needing to take some of that strength because of what was going on with me. I think you need to appreciate your friends of course when they're a living but if you can't, you best be sure of appreciating them when they can and what's what's nice is that I can always go see them that that friendship like that, even in death, it becomes stronger. He can't say I can't come and see him because I'll go and see him if uh, if I want. You know, I can, that kind of friendship will always be there. So I, while I don't look forward to losing more friends as we will as we get older, I know that the friendship won't end because I know my commitment to be there for them even after they've gone. I'll visit your grave. I hope you visit mine. Uh, so, let's, for Alex, he is just, he was a good rock to lean on, so, I'll read what I had wrote to him, back when he had passed away, uh, not too long ago. Strength has a new meaning, this was like two, three years ago, I think I had wrote this. Strength has a new meaning, beyond that of the physical, and deeper than we could have ever expected. You're the one, you were... One of the good ones, strong ones, and as the Transformers would say, you are more than meets the eye. It had taken me a decade or more to understand your depth, to feel what you thought, and to listen to the silence that follows. Wishing you a happy birthday, my friend. Your memories live on with me. Your memories live on with me, and soon I'll find the strength you transferred to keep me pushing forward from the bottom of my heart of my heart. Like the deepest anchor in the sea, I'll always keep my love for you buried so that anytime I need a breath, I just reach for the surface. Take care, brother. Rest in peace. I bet he's not resting in peace. I bet he's like fighting everybody up there. You know, I imagine sometimes when I go to the graveyard and see him, the cemetery. Yeah, cemetery. Graveyard's fucking stupid and different, actually. Uh, when I go visit him at the cemetery, I, I imagine that, you know, he really liked Krokop. And crocop used to say, like, what did he say? Left, uh, right kick hospital, left kick cemetery. And I'm thinking to myself, I bet he's Krokop kicking everybody in the cemetery. You know, he's fighting the toughest of the toughest guys from their day. Can you imagine a movie where it takes place in a cemetery and it's, over a span of, like, 200 years, right? There's, like, 200 years worth of bodies in there. And you imagine, like, the prime fighters of all, of like, the many people that have died having some sort of, like, ethereal ghost-type tournament. It would be cool if whoever won could come back to life. But that's... Don't steal that idea. That's a good idea for a movie. Uh, part of why i put Jerry in, Alex, is because Jerry is my roommate you know and uh, jerry honestly uh, after high school we kind of lost touch uh for multiple reasons uh and you know I'm part of them I, are still actually there today uh except i'm strong enough to be there in the hopes that things sometimes will be different or will change but that's i don't even know why i got into that but the p- reason why i put jerry and alex was um there's some memories, there's some moments in your life that you'll never forget, right? Like I'll never forget when Dalton passed away. I'll never forget when Alex passed away. But I'll never forget the look on <laughs> Jerry's face when we all when we all went to the funeral home, when we all get to see him being so quiet and looking so good in the coffin. Well, it looked a little different, but looking so, I'll just never forget how upset how emotional how teary-eyed he would you know you never want to see your friends like that but i needed to see him like that because that gave me just like all these other relationships it gave me something that i held on to and it, it showed me just like with nicole writing these showing me her diary letters and how she loved, you know, the, the the true idea of love, and with Jerry, I I saw the effect that friendship can have over you. Not to say that they were good friends, because, well, he wasn't really good friends with them. I mean, you can't say you're good friends with somebody being close to them just before they die, but like, realist, you know, realistically. You know, he's friends with him, right? I don't know why the fuck am I, I... Sorry, I'm like emotional and I don't know why I got into that. But what I mean is that he was there for him when he needed him the most. He was there for him when no one was there for him. When he lost all contact with everyone, the only contact he had was Jer. And and thankfully, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have probably got to see Alex before he passed away, we I remember us going to Barcadia. It was actually me, uh, Phil, and Alex at Barcadia. but it's just that it will never leave my mind, Re- regardless of of the anger. You know, because I'm a I'm a pretty angry person, honestly, and I'm a pretty there's many things that I I, I keep under control, but regardless of how I will feel. Uh, how he... My memory of how he looked, how he felt, will always humble me if I think that I'm, you know... If we're getting too heated, if we're getting too, you know, this point... Like, I think... I don't ever want to see him like that. And there's... You you can't... You can't ever avoid... Like, I don't have the power. And I don't have Alex's strength. But you'll never have the strength to not have your friend cry, you know, in front of you. And it just... I'll never forget in that moment how a friend should be when someone passes away. Regardless of whether it's a friend or a father or a parent, it's ultimately what brought me back to Jerry and, and to be friends with him. Let's say that we have ever had issues, but, uh, you know. I decided who I want in my life and who I don't want, uh, and Alex said otherwise. And uh, well, I, you know, his death provided an opening to bring him back, in, to bring Jerry back, like to bring us back together. And I think when you see the members of a group f- fall, everyone should be falling in closer together. So after Alex's passing, I I, I knew that. I wanted to be around. I wanted to message you. I wanted to be more of a friend because we don't have, a lot of our good friends are, are gone. So Yeah, that's it. I got one last go before I let you guys go. Sorry, this is fucking already an hour and a half. So You know, we'll talk about a final role model, uh, to a certain extent. This is kind of a little bit different, but we'll talk about you know most I'll talk about my dad uh most people a lot of the time when you're a kid, you look up to your dad and and you know I definitely did and do uh I think sometimes or most of the time I don't know how many perfect families where you know their dad's been perfect and they you know like perfect's a uh, a word you should never use, but I imagine when there's a fracture. In said person that you look up to, and there's not as much of a presence of said person in your life, you tend to look for those little pieces of what you look up to in him and people around you. And now, you know, my dad con- did construction most of his life, and I listened to a podcast with my buddy Joey Diaz, and he made such a good point like that they were raised in, like, he feels like. They were raised in a time where, like... oh, okay, the father was never there. And to a certain extent, he's still isn't. And I, I kind of feel like that, too. Um, not to say my dad... Is bad. Like, no, of course not. But I think when we all, at some point, become fractured. When we're all... Like, he's too hard on himself, right? But I think when... There's a moment where it's tough to look up to your father. You tend to look up the same traits from him in someone else. And uh, for instance, doing the right thing for your family, doing the right thing for your kids, doing what it takes so that they can have a healthy life, that would be Hussein, right? That puzzle piece that I look up to would be exactly what, you know, he had or, uh, you know, with uh, John who was a a regular of my coffee shop, you know, um, very, had a lot of mental issues, a lot. Almost homeless, I don't know what that means. I mean, when your mother doesn't really care for you as much as she should and when she treats you like shit and... Well, there's many things, I mean... He's older. He's like sixty, right? He's like fifty, but he he had issues, and we had a chit chat, right? Because he would always be like, "Oh, are you gonna have a beer after work, Brad? Are you gonna have a beer?" And I was like, "Nah, I don't really drink. I mean, I have a few, but I part of why I don't drink is because my dad does, and I <laughs> I'm so much like him in so many ways, and that would be one of them. So I, I I avoid that, you know. Uh, but what was interesting about John is that he used to be an alcoholic used to be alcohol took over his life it it took a fundamentally it, it changed who he was but he beat it and man he was going through and he still is going through a lot of pain with urinary this and colostomy, but all this shit i see him in the cafe and i told him that that honestly i you know people look at certain people and so do I. I mean, I've made fun of handicapped people, homeless people, your dead dad. I, I made fun of everybody and I will make fun of everybody. But like, I think some people look at homeless people or people with mental health issues, a lot of these things, and they, they don't have the time to listen and I, I don't blame them. I mean, I probably shouldn't have had the time to listen, but you know, I tend to focus on the pain that someone else has and I, I, I want to f- alleviate it and, And I said to John that I I look up to him, that don't ever let someone tell you you're weak or you're because my father's the strongest man that I know, besides Alex. Yet he can't get rid of that. And John, you did. You got rid of that demon. Now, of course, there's other things that are there, but you beat alcoholism. And that is something that I'll always be appreciative of. So see, this is what I mean by sometimes you need to appreciate the the beautiful traits in your father, in others, to give you perspective of who he is. Sometimes you won't have enough time with him and who knows if if, if I will be. uh, There's certain simple things that uh, just... Uh, that I can't do you know a lot of people are like oh I wish my dad loved me or, and I wish he was proud of me and I wish he would care it's like well no my dad's just like me I'm just like him I care too much he says he loves you all the time and he believes it and I believe it he says he's proud of me all the time that I get but like I think to accept the pride at which someone wants to bestow upon you, I think you need to be prideful of yourself. So that one's a little bit of an awkward one because it's like, I don't know. I don't think I'm proud of myself. So I don't think I can like absorb what this feeling you're sending towards me. But that's besides the point, you know. Uh, You need to be there with them regardless of the pain. You need to be around people who push you up who give you a certain perspective and and that can be anybody regardless of their status, their how they look, if they're real, if they're invisible you know I mean you need to learn from everybody um, and I'm happy that I learned that from John. Anyways, that's it for me, guys. Uh, an hour 37. Fuck, I've been rambling for a while. I don't know how many times I've said the F word. But, you know, I will let you go. And I'll probably see you guys tomorrow, actually. I will uh, I was thinking about doing it every other day. But maybe I'll uh, do it tomorrow just because... Why not? I feel like I should talk about other things, too. Uh, I guess the last thing I would say... Um, I watched a clip before this, uh and it was such a good saying and that's why I while I want revenge for what had happened to me, I know that maturity comes from understanding how you were and how you are. And I used to be that kind of person and ooh, I feel ooh, I want I want revenge. But as Ram Das would say in this past video that I said I don't know, as Ram Dass would say, hold on tightly, let go lightly. And while I did hold on tightly to the people around me, to the job, to who I was, to how good I, I need to let go lightly, let go of the pain, let go of how I was treated, let go of why me, let go of what digs at me because then I'll be able to live a lot better of a life a lot, a lot more peaceful if I can just let go lightly so that's that would be my advice to you is even when it comes to family but especially when it comes to death and losing said family and now it says it sounds similar it sounds easier said than done but it isn't it's just it is simple actually you're just being fucking stuck up. <laughs> Hold on tightly, let go lightly. All right, peace. I'll leave you with this little schnage of a tune. Reminds me of my buddy Dalton. We'll see if I can if I sung it as good as Fred Astaire or not as good. Probably not nearly as good. Love you. Bye.
1: Climb a mountain And to reach the highest peak But it doesn't thrill me Half as much As dancing cheek to cheek Oh, I love to go out fishing In a river or a creek But I don't enjoy it Half as much As dancing cheek to cheek Dance with me I want my arm about you The charm about you will carry me through to heaven. I'm in heaven, and my heart beats so that I can hardly speak. And I seem to find the happiness I seek when we're out together dancing cheek to cheek. Thank mm-hmm. you.